scrimmage. Here's Cora. Hello and welcome to the Casuals to Degenerates podcast. I'm your host, Luke Probasco, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Aaron Tweet. Hey! Always here, unlike that other guy. Jacob, welcome. You got your internet back this week? I or did. you know, you yeah, we got a big old internet cable just laying in the yard right now. I so. mean, that's you could have just said you didn't want to come on last week. You didn't have to cut the cable. And all that stuff. It seems a little aggressive. Well, and like I couldn't just go to the public library because usually we do the show at 9 p.m. And the library closes at 9. So, <laughs> so I didn't really want to do it from a restaurant, you know? Well, I just, I guess I'm not sure where your allegiance lies. Like I would have been in Panera's parking lot just stealing Wi Fi. Yeah, I think my allegiance lies with um, we need to get this deck done, and we took out a big loan to get it done. So if I have to miss a podcast episode, that's what's going to happen. Well, okay. I mean, low blow. But, Tweet, thanks for showing up for a second week in a row. That's probably a record for you. Yeah, I'm out here winning. (laughs) And we have a special guest with us this week. We have John Lobb. The known as the Gridiron Scholar on what's your handle, John? There on Twitter, um, Gridiron Skull ninety one. I couldn't afford the A and the R when I signed up nine years ago, so it's <laughs> Gridiron Skull ninety one. So he does fan or fantasy football for college in the NFL. There at our favorite college football site, Fantrax. The only one that we can do. And then he does work for the fantasy football diehards and is a co-host on the Rookie Big Board and also a teacher. I am. I'm a full-time history teacher. Just finishing my 19th year in the um, district that I'm in, 17th year at the current school that I'm at. So I got about two weeks left. What Big plans for the summer? Uh, big plans, a lot of um, watching football for Debbie tape, um, going to the park with my daughter. We buy season pass. She's in seventh grade. 
So we buy season passes to a local amusement park, you know, water rides and all that. Daddy gets to watch his football on his cell phone and take notes while the kids yep. are all playing. You know, I'm not the most eye, you know, eyeballs on the kids. <laughs> Give them a little freedom. Yeah. Let them, let them go play in the park. They'll meet friends. They'll meet Cold networking. Yeah, three or four kids together in a park with thousands of kids. They're fine. Go watch Daddy is. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for coming on this uh, this week. We are going to do an interview with you, and we're trying to get some knowledge about the college side. So we've, we're doing a manager interview series talking about, you know, each of our strategies, what we want to do, guys that we like coming up in our supplemental draft, how to trade with one another, what's the best thing we're looking for, things like that, and – you know, we're, we've got our supplemental draft coming up July 15th. So here in a couple months, a month and a half. But I want to try it. We've got some big time supplemental names, in my opinion, in our draft. And I want to make sure that everyone's aware of, you know, some names that are in there. So we're, we're going to ask John his opinions on a couple things. But before we get too far into it, make sure you go, you download, you subscribe, you leave a review. Nothing less than a six star, okay? Only yeah, losers. So, and make sure I know not all of you are even downloading this in our chat. Make sure you take a picture of it, put it in the chat so we know that you're watching. Because all I know is Chad is the only one who downloads. Brett was on, he said he didn't even download it. I mean, what are we doing? At least he, said, he said that to our face. I know it's it was insulting. We even gave him good trade offers. Still waiting on the trade, though. Still nothing. Still nothing. So we will get into it here first with our quick hitter. So, John, you're new to this. I'm gonna. It could be anybody from NFL to college. I'm going to give five clues. Once you have your answer locked in, just tell me locked in, honor system with who you pick, and we'll, we'll reveal it there at the end. So, who am I? Clue one, I was a freshman running back last year. We locked it in, Tweet? Pretty close, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Clue two, I was the 33rd in the nation in rushing touchdowns with 10. I was six amongst freshmen ahead of me judkins reese bangura singleton and a fan favorite here uh in connecticut rosa oh, yeah. i think i know who do you want to lock it in john i'm going to lock it in lock it in after two. Ooh, I that's going to be a record so good all right clue three I had 867 yards rushing, good for 37% rushing market share for my team. hundred. Jacob wants to lock it in. 188 yards at, uh, receiving, which was good for a 6% market share of my team. All right. Clue four, I am a Big Ten running back. 
Tweet, you got it? No. Okay. I didn't show up prepared today. <laughs> like your fantasy teams each week. My oh, team, bird. <laughs> my team is known for their whiteout games. Nicholas Singleton. No. <laughs> I was I was six in rushing touchdowns amongst freshmen behind Singleton. How could I be Singleton if I'm behind him? Well, I don't know. That's right. my guess, though. Singleton. All right. John, you locked it in first. Who was your guess? Katron Allen. Katron Allen. Jacob, is that who you did? Yes. Yep, Katron Allen. So, you know, he's kind of that, I don't want to say unsung hero, but kind of the forgotten guy. Everyone talks about um, Nicholas Singleton, but Katron Allen. I've gotten wrong. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Tweet usually waits till number five before he locks it in. But, uh, yeah, I just I just feel like not enough people are talking about Katron Allen in the space. And he had a great year, like 33rd in the nation in rushing touchdowns. You're, you've got a 6% receiving market share as a freshman. For, for record, he had 27 more yards receiving than Saquon Barkley did his freshman year. And have, who had the same market share back back then? So like, he don't put tell up, Grim that he wants him now. Oh, I mean, granted, he didn't put up the rushing numbers like Saquon did because he had it all to himself. But like, people think about Saquon and how great of a wide or receiver he was, and you know, Katron Allen's not that far off. So I think it's one of those great number twos to have that's going to have good Devy value. I didn't even realize there was another running back there. See, exactly. Not enough people are talking about Katron Allen. Tweet, they might even have another running back on the roster other than those two. That'll what? Blow your mind. <laughs> I thought it was Drew Aller and Singleton, and that's all that played. That's it? Yeah. <laughs> John, what are your thoughts there on Katron Allen? I think there's an opportunity for Penn State to have that um, Pony Express-type backfield that SMU did back in the 90s of Craig James and um, Eric Dickerson. They have no receivers. Friends, I dare you, name a Penn State receiver now. They're pretty bad. So Drew Aller, he's going to be dumping it off to those two or handing it off. Both of them might end up with nearly 250 touches. If you just look at that depth chart wide receiver, and I'm not overly impressed at the tight end position either, it really is looking like Penn State's going to run the ball to death. I mean, they have a nice defense, protect the defense, run the ball, protect your young quarterback, run the ball. You got two studs. I mean, they each could have, uh, you know, excuse me, I like Singleton more, but Singleton, Singleton could easily have 1,400 yards from scrimmage, and, you know, Atron could have 1,200 yards from scrimmage. I mean, I think that's completely feasible with those two backs. You know, he's probably only like a game and a half, two games away from a thousand yards. Yeah. I mean, so. look at Singleton pops in. Look, I was looking at Penn State's schedule. It's backsided heavy. Like they should be at least six and oh. Maybe even seven obviously someone could upset. But they're gonna I mean Allen could get that second half work. 
you know, maybe against a number two defense on the other team. I mean, he could end up with 100 yards in the second half, single to get 120 in the first half. I mean, it, it's they're, they're not very good at wide receiver, folks. They're not, which that's why I tend to be lower on Drew Alar in college fantasy. Some people are taking him as number two quarterback. I just, who the heck's he thrown? There's no... They've been very good with Jahan Dodson, right? Then we had Parker Washington. Um, who was the other receiver they had just before they had Jahan Dodson? Um, they had another good receiver. Uh, why can't I remember his name now? It, it eludes me for a second. But they don't have any of those guys. They had KJ Hamler before. KJ Hamler, right? Yep. They don't have any guy like that right now. I don't think they have an NFL prospect at wide receiver, which has not been normal for the was last it- six years. Um, Godwin was he the one that went to? Oh, Godwin was a Penn State. And before yeah, that, been... I think wasn't it Allen Robinson? Allen yeah. Robinson. Oh, Allen Robinson. Yeah, they've but... been good at wide receiver. They're not. I mean, I, I I haven't drafted. I think I've done six drafts. I haven't drafted one Penn State wide receiver. I'll tell you that much. I don't don't blame you. Don't blame you there. Well, we're gonna get into the NCAA news. Pretty light on news this week. The somewhat big news. It only is big news to Nate. Um, we got Isaac Wilson, Zach Wilson's younger brother, commits to Utah, also going to the Elite 11, which I believe is this weekend. So, Nate, you'll have to tune into the Elite 11 to check out Isaac Wilson so you can be all in on the Wilson brothers. I guess, you know, he traded one of them. So, maybe you're not all in as much as you thought, but maybe this is your chance to double down. He was younger brother. I mean, all, all because he's not the starting quarterback for the Jets. He's a big Jets fan, and you know he's not the starting quarterback anymore. Uh, if, you, if you want Rodgers, I'll take Stroud. <laughs> <laughs> so the next thing I want to talk about is Colorado to the Big Twelve? Question mark. That's been the thing going around this week. We've got talks about Colorado again leaving the Big or the. Pac-12 going to the Big 12. I don't think a lot of people are talking necessarily about the Big 12 commissioner and the and the great work that Brett Yormark's doing. I want to get a couple of your guys' thoughts. Jacob, do you want to go first about how Brett's been doing in this last year and a half, two years? I think he's been doing really good. I mean, honestly, when they brought him in, it was like this is something new for like a commissioner of, you know, a Power 5 conference. Like, he just had a different background, maybe looked at things a different way. And I've kind of just – because, one, obviously Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. That's a blow to any conference. I don't care what it is. Those are two huge schools. Get them out of there. Okay. (laughs) As as we lose $20 million a year in TV, buddy. But, but, I mean, just to act as quickly as we did to go and get actually, like, good teams like BYU, Cincinnati – to bring those guys in and then to yeah. kind of ride the wave of what's going on with Dion at Colorado. I don't hate that either. Now, is Dion going to be at Colorado five years from now? Probably not if he has the success that he's looking for. So we'll have to see how that plays out. But um, I've been, I've been happy with the job that he's been doing. Yeah. Tweet. Do you have any thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I, I like it a lot. I think, some people look at us losing Texas and Oklahoma, and yeah, you're losing a little money, but 
I don't think it's, we're getting any less competitive. It's it's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, but you're still. I mean, we still have the opportunity to bring in some more teams that will bring in more money too. So. No, I think I think we're going to be just as competitive of a conference. To be oh, honest. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're losing teams that weren't all that competitive these last couple of years. I mean, Texas hasn't been competitive for a long time. I mean, Cincinnati was in the playoff like just recently. So, but yeah, I think he, I think he's doing a great job. I mean, um, I guess we'll welcome Colorado back. I mean, they left <laughs> us. I mean, I feel like we've had a few years to heal. Um, we've had some time apart. We remain friends, and now I think we probably should get back together. So. Um, it's a fun college town. Yeah, and Dion's going to make that school f- or that football team probably pretty fun. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. I think I think the Big 12 is the only group that's really looking to make some major moves right now, just so they don't get left behind. So it it is interesting though because this is the first time I've heard of just Colorado. It's always been like the four corners together, and this is I I didn't really hear that in this you know, report that came out, it's, it's just Colorado. So that's kind of something interesting. John, do you have any thoughts there with what uh, Brett, your, your Mark's doing? Well, I'll say, I'm going to just take a little bit angle. What the hell's wrong with the PAC 12? I mean, they are just dropping the football. This, I mean, no pun intended. It's a disaster. I mean, there is no way that this conference should be almost nearly collapsing and like, they're being reactive where the big 12 is being proactive. Regardless, you cannot want to lose USC, UCLA and Colorado. I'm sorry. I mean, and they already lost USC. Well, I guess there could be some debate, some court maybe. Right. But most likely lost USC, UCLA, and they're not, they don't even have a television contract and they have the entire West coast. Like if you really, they go from, Washington down to Arizona and Colorado. I mean, they can't do something. Like, well, it's like mind blowing. It's like each month. It's like we're you know we're going to talk about the the TV contract. We'll have one next month. Next month. Next month. I oh, mean, we're going to have one in by June. Well, it's June first today. What and what leverage do you have to negotiate have, one right now? No, they're losing every day. Nothing. They're losing leverage. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's. Having been a kid in the 70s and 80s where USC and UCLA was the cream of the crop, and then I lived through the Washington dominance in the 90s, like, to see this conference, and, you know, of course, the USC with Pete Carroll or whatever you think of Reggie Bush and all that, but, like, where they are now is madness. Like, how can you not have a television contract? And how can you let Dion be – you have a star. Now, I agree. We don't know if he's there in five years. Why aren't you using Dion if you're the Pac-12? What are yeah. you doing? Like this is this is just such bad management. It's mind blowing to me. It's mind blowing. I'm curious on because you know they're making a special with him. You know, cameras following him around. You know, here in like five years, we're gonna something's gonna come out and it's just gonna be like how much the Pac-12 is just a cluster and. I mean, are they going to end up as a Mountain West program? Like, come on. And I like the Mountain West. Don't get me wrong. But they're not the back what the Pac-12 used to be. I mean, come on. They have Heisman winners. A whole boatload of Heisman winners. 
and, and they're going to give that all up. I mean, it's just mind blowing. The and it's just you know, tip of the hat to the Big Twelve trying to get that West Coast. You know, yeah. the Big Ten, the Big Ten's got Maryland all the way to West UCLA. East. We've got the Big Ten's got a time slot all across football all day. Ever well, they can, can't the Big Ten now kick off at twelve and basically end the day at noon or yeah. midnight? I mean, right? yeah, I mean, yeah. if they want to. Like, you know, they could start an 8 o'clock kickoff at USC against Ohio State. I mean, that's all them. I think so, if Colorado makes that jump, and if they are the first ones to do it, I think you're going to see that Arizona-Arizona State domino, like the Washington, the Oregons. That's going to kick the domino off where it's the Pac-12's gone. So It's gone if they yep. lose one or two more programs. Yep, and I don't think it's just going to be Colorado like there's going to be just from a logistics standpoint of travel. There's probably going to be another West Coast school somewhere. Yep. So I wonder who could come. I think you have to get Arizona. Excuse me, Arizona. Arizona State would come as a package. Yep. I think any of the Washington, Washington State would be a package. Oregon, Oregon State's a package. Maybe Stanford goes to Colorado. Maybe. I mean, they're they're kind of the or talks Cal, I guess. Utah. Oh, Utah, that's a better – I forgot about Utah. You're right. Utah could – Utah and Colorado go. They're, they're toast. Utah, and then we got BYU, Battle of the yeah. Mormons. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> well, that does it for NCAA news. Jacob, is there any NFL news you want to talk about this week? Um, just a few things just real quick. Um, new rule in place, basically touchbacks on kickoffs are going to be automatically started at the 25, so – for regular season games, you're basically taking that play out. Like, I don't know why anybody would return one. I can see it, like, in playoffs, like, if you need a big player, like a spark. But I don't see, like, in a regular season game, anybody really returning a kick. And then um, the Commanders, uh, obviously they were recently sold. But it looks like they couldn't get the copyright to their new name, so their second new name, because they went – Redskins, and then they went to the Washington football team and then the Commanders, but apparently they can't get the copyright to that. So with the new reorg, we might be looking at a new name. So I think we all need to get our money together and buy all the domains uh, that we can around what we think. Just anything that has to do with Washington. Yep. <laughs> Washington.com. <laughs> like Honeycrisp Apple. We buy it. <laughs> <laughs> everything genius and then the last thing's just uh deandre hopkins still looking for a team i could see depending on where he goes I, he said he wanted to compete but then there, there's all these rumors that he might go back to houston now i don't think you're probably competing this year in houston so he might by by being able to compete for a championship he might actually just be talking about getting paid so I mean, if he goes to Houston, it's all about the money. Oh, There's yeah. no way he, they ain't winning a championship this year. <laughs> no, no. Also, if he ends up going back to Houston, I mean, granted, like we've heard about that organization not being the great from the uh, top down. If you go back to it, maybe it's not as bad as everyone's letting leading on for it to be. If you're willing, I don't know, money talks, but. Yeah, it's tough because, I mean, like their two best players in Houston history basically talked bad about, you know, the, the organization. 
I don't know if DeAndre Hopkins ever really did other than like leaving, but just behind closed doors, allegedly not too much publicly that I can remember at least. But I, I feel like there's no way Houston's like worse than Washington, what Washington was. <laughs> Washington had to be, be like the worst team in the league. You'd have to pay every player, I don't know, top of the market money to go to Washington. Well, plus they, their personal, well, trainers, their personal trainers were awful. Like everybody was on the IR for, they had, they had that, like, yeah, they had that voting thing, and they were like D's and F's for like everything, like how they treat families, the facilities. So like, were the Ravens, which was a surprising one. I'm not surprised completely about some of the Ravens ones, but uh, the, hey, they're not as bad as the Cardinals, weren't they? Charging for lunch? I mean, yeah, yes, man. Come on, I mean, I even played high school football. You got free Danish or bagels. Like, <laughs> come on, man! Like Some, that just something here's, that here's a hundred million dollars guaranteed, but we're gonna charge you eight ninety nine for your I breakfast heard, every morning. <laughs> I mean, that's I don't even that's like seems so unprofessional. Like I don't even know what to say. Like it's crazy. The other thing that not a lot of people are talking about, DeAndre Hopkins talked about like what he's looking for. I mean. And he pretty much like he described yeah, like, like perfect situations. Yeah, perfect situations. But he gave a jab at Kyler, and I don't know if media is just not media is <laughs> doing media's thing where they're just not talking about it. But it talks about I want to be with a quarterback who loves the game. Like he's probably Kyler loves Call of Duty. He's probably not talking about you know. Watson, probably you know. My guess is a jab there at, at Kyler. So, but I was just surprised that like no media outlets like took that and ran with it. So they ran. They ran with the other like the like shaking the head at Dak. <laughs> like someone brought up Dak and like yep. he was like they they ran with that, but not the Kyler one. Yeah. So Even though there's like audio of him and Kyler getting into it on the sideline. So. Well. Something very interesting. But is that it for uh, NFL news? That is it. All right. Well, our trade counter for the year sits at 33. Nate still has done no trades. Disappointing. He gets, you know, these young players that he wants, then, you know, doesn't let him go. So I don't know if we're going to see another trade from Nate probably the rest of the time we play this league, so when we're dead. Probably, I mean, probably he probably wouldn't even trade a dollar fab for a dollar fab. Like that's how much he's just done with trading. Yeah, it's disappointing, but you know he had his rise. Now here comes his fall. Well, he's been on that fall ever since he, you know, had that really good NFL season, and then lost in the championship, and he just hasn't been the right. He hasn't been the right since. Was that when he was going undefeated for a while? Yeah, yeah, I recall that. Been a couple years, but yeah. Well, now he's not going to be able to fill out his college roster. He's going to have to use those free agents, the free agency pickup to get his guys. Is it, I think he's going to be like eight picks short, though. Oh, man. That you might want to trade some of those uh, those NFL young bucks for a couple picks. Yeah, he, he might need to trade uh, me, Brees, and I'll give, him, I'll give him back some picks. Like second rounder. <laughs> all right. Well, let's start with the fifths. Are you let's, trying to collect them all, Grim? <laughs> you know what? Maybe Grim's kind of trying to be like a Pokemon master where he's trying to catch them all. 
that whole ninth round. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right, well, let's get into why we're all here tonight. Not because we do it every week, but because we've got John here, and we want to talk about everything that there is about college fantasy football. We want to educate our ourselves. We want to educate the league. We want to educate to the tens and tens of people listening to this podcast. So, John, how long have you been playing college fantasy football? I can't believe it's been this long and uh, already. Since 2008, 15 seasons. In those 15 seasons, I played in 64 season-long leagues. Obviously, I've ramped up. In the beginning, I was playing two for a long time. And I've had 20 championship teams that I've won. Just love college fantasy football. So it's awesome. I hope all your listeners get into it. I mean, obviously, you three gentlemen are very talented. It's all we're talking about. You love this game. It's different than the NFL. That's okay. Like, it, there's so much fun and goodness in Saturdays. I will, I could argue. I still am NFL up, but, man, I think Saturdays are as good as Sundays. I really do. I mean, when you kick – I'm in the East, and you kick off at noon, and you're hanging until 1130 midnight over here. You watch a little Pac-12 after dark. It's a good day. <laughs> it's a good day of football. I tell you, my wife is less excited when I have to watch that key <laughs> game in Hawaii that I am up till about 2.30. Uh, I've been there. <laughs> so I just think I put the volume on mute so my wife can fall asleep with the lights on and I'm just sitting there in the dark while watching Hawaii. <laughs> so how did you get involved in college fantasy football? Like how how did you even know it was a thing? So it's very interesting. Um I've been playing NFL and college and baseball fantasy baseball for 34 years now. And I used to always play on CBS Sports Line. And one day, it was like a Saturday morning. I wasn't married at this time. Um, I did have a girlfriend, but she was asleep. And I saw across, you know, they have those, um, like, the, the, the news coming across CBS Sports Line. And it said, play college fantasy football. I'm like, what? What, what do you mean? It was like, I never, I mean, I, I thought about it. I dreamed of it, but I never... Never saw anyone offer it. So I'm like, let me do it, man. Damn, I hit the button. There's the player pool. They rank the play. I was like, oh, my God, this is a dream come true. I'm going to play college fantasy football. So I, I played two teams that year. It was Tim Tebow, Deshaun McCoy, Michael Crabtree, like that that generation. And I got lucky. I won both championships. I mean, I ran in the dark ages. They didn't even have live scoring. I used to wake up that year, and my girlfriend was very patient. I would get out of bed, and I would be with the box scores. Like, wait a second. This game's going to be close. Like, figuring out. You know, you always have some monkey wrenches. Like, how many catches did this guy have for sure? You know, like, you're because there's West Coast games and all this stuff. And I would kind of be like, oh, it looks like I won by 20. And then around 10 a.m., the numbers would just come in, like boom. <laughs> the database must have uploaded, <clears throat> and you'd be like, "Yeah, I won, right?" I mean, it was, and I did that for like two years. Finally, CBS finally got some live feeds, but they were basically only for the Power Five. 
<clears throat> you couldn't get like Georgia State versus you know Coastal Carolina until the next morning. You could get on ESPN and look at the box score, but like you would have like if I had G five guys, I might have five starters with zeros, you know, and and, and you have to wait to see how their numbers came in. But I became addicted right away. So for since two thousand eight, I've had at least two teams every year. That's and awesome. winning and winning both. I feel like that's kind of what happens. Like you get involved in something and like, oh, you have instant success. And then like you never have success later. It was just like it hooks me. And then I'm just like, well. I yeah, I mean, at, I'm trying probably at the time I was probably well, managing. Not for me, Tweet. I, I win all the time. I, You're predicting your future right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was probably managing like six or seven NFL fantasy teams. And I won two out of two in college, so it does get you addicted right away. You're like, okay. And and I saw there were edges in the game. Like, there were clearly people who didn't know the G5. They weren't looking at the box scores of a Sun Belt Conference game. They weren't paying attention to the MAC. So there was just a lot of edges at the time back in 2008, 9, 10, 11. And no one really – the dual-threat quarterback – like, I got Tim Tebow, like, in the third round back then. Like, it just I, – I think people didn't know how good some of these dual-threat quarterbacks were that early. And then Texas Tech had, like, B.J. Simmons. Was that the quarterback's name? Remember, like, that guy – they used to have quarterbacks who would throw 45 pounds in the, before, before uh, Patrick Mahomes was there. And there was the Mike Beach quarterback – there were a lot of edges you could get if you studied the game. So you said you played on CBS. Kind of walk us through fantasy football, college fantasy football, like through your lifetime here and, and playing it. CBS, now we all play on fad tracks. That's kind of the only thing that's a, like that we have. Did you say fat tracks or fan tracks? I mean, whatever. <laughs> One and the same anymore, getting older. <laughs> uh, the, the years go by. I don't know if I was on CBS Sportsline for four or five years. I forget now. But what happened? 2014. So maybe I was six years there. Remember when EA Sports got rid of their college football? And there right, was a Pete. legal dispute in regard to player names. And the NCAA basically shut down ESPN used to have a college it was like a salary cap game um CBS Sportsline had one and when the NCAA kind of brought the hammer down what happened was the college fantasy football industry just surrendered to the NWCA and I can't believe no one threatened them in court like no one took it to court if you remember in the 90s, fantasy baseball was under attack by MLB. And there were court cases and, and like, a, there was a lot. Like, was fantasy baseball gambling? Was it not gambling? And eventually, the fantasy baseball won the argument from a legal standpoint, right? Numbers and results are just public information, right? Anyone can go to a newspaper. You can't own the statistics of a game which is ultimately the player and fantasy baseball never went away. But when, um, was it EA Sports, ESPN, CBS Sportsline, they 
all gave up on the, they all, none of them challenged the NCAA. Now, there are rumors. Is it because ESPN has a contract with the NCAA? CBS Sportsline wants their, CBS, right? They want their viewers. They don't want to lose the TV contracts. So there were reasons why they all surrendered. So I was freaking out. Like, oh my God, what am I, I can't run two or three leagues by hand, you know, 12 teams in each league. I can't go back to 1989. I started doing it by paperwork. So I kept searching, I kept searching, and finally a friend said, hey, there's this place called Fantrax. They're doing college. I was like, what? So I, I looked up, I found Fantrax, I found their college fantasy football, and what I learned at the time, Fantrax is in Canada. So the reason Fantrax kept it, the federal government, Supreme Court, the NAACP, doesn't have any legal oversight over a Canadian company. Canada is a sovereign nation, and there's nothing the NCA can do. And Fantrax is smart enough to see a little window, right? No one's offering this game. They went in, and then Fantrax is the only one. To, I, Yahoo, I think, had it for two years, but they were Power 5 only. Um, so that's basically how I ended up being on Fantrax platform was that they were the only ones who were willing to kind of go against the NCAA. But right now, here's the irony. If you understand NIL and you understand the Supreme Court case, and I've read Kavanaugh's um, uh, uh, majority opinion twice now, there's no way that they could stop anyone from having an NCAA college fantasy football because Kavanaugh basically just ripped the NCAA apart. Read it. It's very interesting. Totally ripped them apart. And basically the problem now is the cost of the data. From what I understand, it costs so much money to get the statistics uploaded that companies are not willing to invest in the database because they don't think there's enough fans. And what the problem is, and they're, they're probably not wrong from a business window. Most college fans probably play NFL fantasy. So they're saying they're not expanding their audience by offering the college game. They already got the customer in the NFL. They're not going to say, oh, I'm going to get a hundred thousand more. They're just going to get 100,000 people who are already on their platform. You know, if you do um, uh, Indy 500 or car racing, that's a whole different customer you're bringing onto your platform, which, I, I mean, I haven't looked to see what the numbers are, but I don't think they're incredibly wrong. I would assume college fans like NFL. He said yeah. something about reading something. I don't ah. know how to do that. So <laughs> we, we're going to need illustrations. Is of there a picture book? I, I, I don't think Kavanaugh gave us a picture book. The Supreme Court justice who wrote the majority opinion. Oh. Uh, but it was about like free markets. And he basically called, if you read it, he basically calls the NCAA a cartel. Nice. He basically is like, and, and that's, so the NCAA, I'll say this, they really blew it by not negotiating and being so stuck. They wanted 100% no change. And, and yeah. the court just said, dudes, 
Sorry. You know, they should have negotiated in good faith and they could have moved the bar a little bit over, but they decided they decided to do all or nothing. And the Supreme Court basically said, You're out of here. So well, they got no power anymore. I mean, think about what the NCAA used to be this bully back in, oh, you yeah. know, you think I think back to you know, 2000, mid 2000s. Wow. And it's like, whatever they say goes. And then now you've got NIL that's ruined, quote unquote, ruined everything. The NCAA has like no leverage. On oh, anything. no, they, they literally have, was it Mark, Mark Eastman? Uh, Mark, was, wasn't that the guy, the, the president of the NCAA? Um, he blew Mark it from Emmer. Uh, what? Emmert. That's it. Yep. He blew it from a negotiation. My brother's a salesman, and he always talks about win-win. And he was not into win-win. He was win-lose, and he ended up on the losing side. Like, he did not make a good decision as far as that. I mean, think about – I mean, I don't know how old you gentlemen are. I remember Randy Moss couldn't get into Florida State. Notre Dame wouldn't take him. And what did he do? Smoke a little marijuana – I mean, I still remember him at Marshall. I think he was the greatest college-wide receiver. Granted, he was playing against lower levels, so that was some of it. But, like, what he got in trouble for, you talk about the NCAA, is just ridiculous, right? I mean, we're not even talking about what they did to Reggie Bush. You know, I mean, seriously, people. Like, they took the Heisman away. He was – anyone who watched that season, Reggie Bush was by far – the best player in college football. I don't care if he has a Heisman in his room or not. He was unfreaking believable. The best player in college football. I mean, we're in Iowa, and I can't tell you how many <laughs> diehard USC fans we had roaming the hallways wow. in school. Yeah, they were unbelievable. <laughs> That's <laughs> a random Texas fan. Yeah, Te- yeah Texas, because that was Vince Young. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what a great game, by the way. One of the greatest, one of the top five games ever played. That Loved was it. that was a great game. So I, I don't know exactly how I want to go to this next question, but ask it. You just gotta read it. Just well, <laughs> we, we know reading's hard. Here. I think, well, I think you, should, you should begin at the beginning of the question and end with a question mark. Well, like maybe you know, make your voice Ron, do this. Ron like, talked a lot oh? about different things. Right. He did a college degree in creative writing, so he knows how to do this. Do you want me to write your question so then you can read it? <laughs> maybe, maybe write your. You did creative writing, so maybe write your questions so that Tweet can read them. That would be creative. It'd be really creative because I'd have to use like three letter words. <laughs> So, so John, you, you said that you think, you know, the NCAA, when they got rid of the video games, that's kind of when everything went away here in, in the States. You know, now we've got the NCAA video game coming back. Do you think that this is going to be a big uptick in business for college, college fantasy football? Or do you think it's going to take a while to catch on? So – I'm going to, I can't tell too much of a secret, but I have a good friend who's working for NBC Sports and he's trying to get NBC Sports because they have that Saturday night Big Ten kick, or is it ABC? Which one has the Big Ten Saturday night now? 
I think it's NBC. Or, no, yeah. it used to be ABC, but I think NBC got the contract. Okay. Look, whoever got it. And he's trying to convince them to do a DFS minute in their pregame show. If college fantasy football could get that one minute every Saturday night in front of what is it? 10 million people live. Yep. That's what and then the next year some company will jump in. Especially when if EA Sports goes out and sells, you know, five million college football. Everyone listening, buy the college football EA Sports. Like go out and make the company say, Oh, we didn't know there was five million people playing this game. I think because if they see that, we're golden. But and all you need is one platform. If it's NBC, ABC, ESPN, whoever, one platform to say, you know what, we're going to get into this college football because the market's there. It's not big, but the potential is there, especially with the DFS slash gambling angle. At some point in time, like even the NFL fantasy wasn't huge. It had to grow, and, and so some at some point in time, somebody's gonna got to take the plunge and see what happens. Like, my friend, I, try to go on a date in nineteen ninety two and tell your girl a girl that you want a, a football championship in fantasy. They think you, you like that was the end of the date right there. <laughs> like, like now, now that I'm an old man, it's so popular. Like people actually act like random people. School in the coffee shop, like they know fantasy football. But oh, yeah. when you play, like, that was not happening in the 90s. Like, when <laughs> I went on a dinner date and I said I played fantasy football, the girl looked at me like, you are a weirdo. Right? <laughs> no, one, no one knew that game. So now to see, like, literally, I could go anywhere. And if I mention I love fantasy football, I bet you 80% of the people have heard of it or know of it. And I would think that Madden played a big part in fantasy football. So. Yes. I'm not really sure, but I'm sure. I also, I also know our wives still look at us weird when we do fantasy. Oh, yeah. stuff anyways, so but, but you're but you're not as weird as you were when only one percent of the country was playing. It. Yeah. Not only is <laughs> weird, like we're, yeah. we're a greater percentage of weird. But yeah. it, it, it real. I mean, like I couldn't even explain to women, like, oh, you draft players. Like, what are you talking about? Like, it just was mind blowing to them. <laughs> so something that you know. Let's say let's say fantasy football takes off for a college standpoint. What can fan tracks do to keep their customers? Um, like I know you write for fan tracks, but I don't know how much you, you know about any parts of the other stuff. But it's like I'm kind of a freelancer, but I I mean I do talk a little bit. You know I'm not I don't have any other business behind the scenes that's sure. something that isn't in the public knowledge about. it's like because i feel like you know sleeper came along and took away a lot of customers from espn yes and like what is fan tra- tracks or what do you think they have to do to like keep their business because i feel like somebody's going to build something and then people are going to maybe jump ship depending well, on how I, that- i've mentioned this to them they should have a debbie mode they should have a c2c mode like if you're you were just mentioning me, you have a C2C league, right? Well, why why can't I have one league with my college roster and my NFL roster right next to each other? 
or above and below. Like, however, like, why can't the platform or the page be interconnected? And if I have a Debbie league, why is there not a Debbie mode? Right? Like when, you know, when I don't know if you do the commissioner, I do a lot of the commissioner stuff. When you're doing your rosters, there should be a little button Debbie mode and you can set from three to six Debbie players, right? And it's like a taxi squad, but it's called Debbie, right? And and maybe at the bottom of your screen, you on your roster, you would have five your five Debbie players. I mean, what I what I know from a lot and what I do, everyone just has a Google folder of Debbie players. Like these are my because they don't appear. So I think there's opportunities to continue. And what I think the advantage is if you get the user on the play, like everyone, like, I mean, I've heard this from other, not just fan tracks, other people in the industry. How do you get people to ESPN for fantasy football in February? Right. That's the goal, right? They want people on their page. Well, if you have a campus to Canton league, if you have a Debbie league and you set deadlines and it's all there, you're going to get people on your page more often Who's my five Debbie guys? Who are my opponents, Debbie guys? Right? You can you can have things that will bring the customer back to the page, and that's ultimately what well, they want. And especially with like a C2C league, I mean oh, yeah. this is year round. It is. <laughs> with, with, Spring games. Yeah. But when you when you're playing C2C, when you have the transfer portal, you have spring games, you have the NFL draft. You, you know, basically, this might be the only, and I hate even this term, but the dead time in June, right? Mm-hmm. This, this might be, but we're all kind of getting ramped up anyways. But there's not a lot. Colleges are basically closed now. NFL camps aren't open. So we get trickling news. But from January to, to mid-May, people would be coming all, all the time. So I do think there's way to get more people. And then, obviously, I mean, I... I'm a full-time teacher. I do writing. I'm limited. You know, I'm a freelancer. But maybe you you up, you get more writers in there on the college side, give more offerings to people. Because ultimately, they will read if you put out good content. You know? How, so, how did, so how did you get the opportunity to start writing for fan tracks? Was it all your 20 championships that finally got? <laughs> um, so it was interesting. When <clears throat> What happened was 10 years ago, um, and I'm going to talk about that. Um, we have the summa cum laude mock draft. And I said, you know, everyone does NFL mock drafts. They're everywhere. Like literally everywhere. I mean, you can get a mock draft in a second. You Google mock draft and you can get 500 mock drafts come up. And then Google 10 years ago, college fantasy football mock draft. Like you literally could not get one. So what I did was as a member of the football diehards at the time, I said to my boss, Emil Cadillac and Bob Harris, I said, can I do college on football diehards? And they said, sure. Emil's like, yeah, we'll put on a college on our site. Let's see what happens. So I started writing for football diehards. I think it was two or three years. And then I just said, you know, I'll keep with my NFL draft with you guys. I'm never leaving you for that. I want to stay with you. But I need a bigger audience for the college. So I basically just emailed Fantrax customer service said, do you guys looking? Cause I noticed there was no real college writers at the time. Said, have you ever thought about writing college fantasy football, doing anything like that? And the guys are like, we are looking for someone. Do you have any samples? <clears throat> I just emailed my samples in and they say, do you want to write for us? I said, yeah, of course. 
And I figured they're the only platform doing college. So I had an unfair advantage. I mean, most people are going to read my stuff or at least look at it. They might not read it, but they'll look at it, right? I mean, I, I don't know if I'm the best or whatever, but it's the one platform where if you're playing college fantasy football, you got to go see it, right? If you want some. Now, obviously, there's great people doing incredible stuff, but I do have this weird advantage that I'm just on the platform which everyone's playing on. Now, if someone like ESPN opens up, I probably am not going to be on the ESPN platform. They'll get someone, you know, who knows? They'll they'll put a big name there, right? But I have a platform where no one else is offering anything right now. Tweet, you have to be like I know you can't read, but maybe you can write. I guess we haven't we haven't tested that yet. Well, no, they'll just put me on to talk. <laughs> right, right, right. You're just gonna go back, find John's articles, copy paste, and then... <laughs> I'll just read them off on my pod. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I did it at the time because I also wanted to do a different perspective. I thought at the time I offered a different kind of perspective in college fantasy football that was not out there. If that makes any sense. Now there's more smart people. There's a lot more of us contributing, so there's a lot of good information out there. But you got to think about 10 years ago. I mean, I started as basically a magazine reader. That's how I did my college fantasy football research. I would literally, like, I was thinking about this the other day. I would go, you know how they have in the previews, like, each conference, first, second, third team, all yep. of my, right, all conference. I would just go to all them and write down all the names. And, and like, these guys got to be pretty good. And that would give me, you know, something like, you know, let's see if you had – Six, 12 conferences, six players at running back. That's 36 running backs. And then you just keep going from there, right? So, I mean, I did it with all magazine publishing at first just to try to get number or names and numbers. So were you able to be published even though you weren't enrolled in a college and Fantrax does not put your name? Oh, no, I, I had played once. Oh, I think I had played one or two seasons on Fantrax before I reached out to them. I just – my. Uh, my fan track thing of there, you know, you reach out like, hey, so and so's not on there. It's like, well, they haven't enrolled in school yet, or you know, ah. whatever, whatever it is. They're always they're oh, they're, they're okay. really they're really fast this year on getting a lot of the guys in there. I've noticed that they've been better this year. Um, I, I will say it was very hard in COVID. If you, if you were playing, you don't remember when remember they went down for like four weeks without the database and they had no numbers. We we started the year after. Oh, okay. But like everything was like still lagging from uh, that. So that was our first experience. Yeah, like, it's the hardest thing I've ever did. I went a month without any stats. It ugh. was brutal. It was brutal. Because then you've, you've got, like, whatever it is, the Sun Belt playing all their games, uh, and you've got the Big Ten playing a couple. And It was hard. I mean, I guess there was a problem with their data provider. So they had to switch data providers, huh. which means you had to transfer all of the data on all of their sites and leagues into the new data. Pro- and I guess it just took forever. But I have, I have noticed – Whoever's like their backdoor editor, they're doing a much better job this year right now than they've done in the past. And I would say if there was NFL on fan tracks that you could like merge them for that C2C, as a commissioner who has to transfer things to a different platform, that would be so much simpler. Plus, you don't like sleeper, 
is our other platform that we play yeah, on. Yeah. They don't even have everybody's wow. name in there. I just yeah, like you would already have that. Work. You already have that database already that's, built. That where that's where their huge advantage would be for Devi and and all those C two C. They have all the data and all the names and everything. <laughs> you would literally just you know it would be cool if you take your Devi guy and you move him up into your active NFL roster. I mean, yeah. how easy is that? Nothing's yeah. changed. No. I just like to make Luke work, so I would prefer to keep it how it is. <laughs> because he's got to have something to do in his free time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're, we're talking pre-show, John and I, about college is all about systems. Some of us are hesitant to deep dive into systems, while others have found it pretty fun, myself included. So – John, I want to ask you, what is one coaching change that raises some CFS, CFF assets, you know, around it? So this might surprise some people, but Kenny Dillingham at Arizona State, I think, you know, maybe it's the Sun Devils haven't been good recently. They, you know, they got, when they lost Herm Edwards, like the kind of team kind of fell apart, right? But Last year at Oregon as offensive coordinator, the Ducks scored 38.8 points per game and over 500 yards of offense. Now, Dillingham's coming into Arizona State. Now, they don't have a quarterback at the level of Bo Nix, but they got some receivers. They have some talent, Arizona State. If they just get a 20% increase in production, and they're in the aforementioned defensively challenged Pac-12. I think Arizona State's looking solid, and you can get their players for nothing right now. I mean, I think they got talent, and Dylan Ham's going to put points on the board, even if they might not win a lot. You know, they should be playing from behind if they're bad, or they're going to jump up ahead on people with the passing game. So I like Arizona State and Kenny Dillingham this year. And you got Drew Pine going over there from Michigan State, and then yes. you, you luck into a five-star quarterback in Jalen Rashada. Yeah, I mean, look at – I think they're – and I love Elijah Badger, the wide receiver. I, I'm a big Elijah Badger. I'm all in on him. I've got him, I think, in four of my first six drafts because he's sitting around there way too late, and the upside in Dillingham's system is just too, too yummy for me. Nate, okay. didn't they get that big receiver from Texas too? O'Meara? They did. One of the kids yeah. from Texas like, transferred over. Yeah. yeah. They Nate, got some weapons. Nate, you're going to have to reach out to John on Twitter and talk about your shares of Elijah Badger together. <laughs> now, on the opposite end of the spectrum, what's one coaching change that decreases some fantasy football assets? One thing that I've noticed, and I knew this was going to be hard, Losing, um, oh my God, at, uh, Mississippi. Um, why can't I, why am Mike I Leach? Mike Leach. I'm sorry, I I can't even find how low their players are going right now in college fantasy football drafts. But Zach Arnett at Mississippi State and new offense coordinator Kevin Barbie, they're they're talking about running the ball and pounding it. I mean. That it's been so good at the quarterback position and in PPR, their running backs have been so good. Now, I think Jaquavius Marks might actually get more work in the ground game, but I don't think he's going to have that number of receptions that he's had before. 
but they can't. They're not going to put up 30 points in the SEC with a ground and pound offense. They're just not going to do it. So it's Will Rogers. Is it Will? Is it Will Rogers? Who I came in and remember. Yeah. Yep. Tweet to Will Rogers, owner. Super. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny because he used to be a top 10 pick, right? The last year, I, I'm seeing him. 60 quarterbacks deep in Will Rogers' system. So I'm currently in a startup C2C league. Yeah. We're in 12 teams. We're in the 32nd round, and he has not been taken. Think about that. Think about that. Experts leagues, he was a top two round, top two rounds last year. Now no one wants him. I got him as like the fifth quarterback in a best ball because I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> the guy's been sitting there. It's it's the twenty eighth round of a best ball. Just give me him. Let's see what happens. I was somebody who invested in Jaquavius Marks. I traded for him this off season. I, you know, I like him running the ball. He is over two hundred pounds. He's bigger than people think. I'm probably fleece the guy too. Well, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> so uh, we'll have to. And he can catch the ball, so I'm thinking maybe at the, maybe he can make it to the NFL and be at worst a third down receiving type back. Kind of like that first round pick for the Lions. <clears throat> yeah. All right, so let's get into some more real football talk here. Can give me your playoff teams this year, your national champion, and your Heisman winner. All right. I always do these different. And I know you can argue college football historically has been the easiest to predict. But I think Alabama and Georgia, we're just expecting them to continue to be great with so much turnover. And and especially at the quarterback position. So I have to start right at the top. I think LSU is loaded. I think this is Brian Kelly's chance. He's been wanting this for 20 years. I think Jaden Daniels is crazy underrated they got talent at lsu on the defensive side if there's a chance to snip georgia and ellis and um, alabama i'll take so i got lsu they're going to make the playoffs i think florida state's loaded i believe in mike norvell i think the acc is a little down i think they can win that conference if they beat clemson they can run the table which I do not think is impossible. This isn't Clemson of five years ago. So I like Florida State to get in. I think Michigan is just too tough, too strong. Their defense is going to be good again. They're going to run the ball so much. J.J. McCarthy's good enough. And my fourth surprise team, he always flops in the playoffs. But Lincoln Riley's going to get USC there. They're just too ta- – I know their defense stinks, but it doesn't matter in the Pac-12. It doesn't matter. They're, they might lose one game, but they are the best team on offense. I don't think it's even close. I think they win the Pac-12. I think USC. So I got the Trojans, the Wolverines, the Tigers, and the Seminoles in the college football playoffs, my friends. Woo. I like Woo. it. Wow. I don't come here with you got. I'm, if you want the standard guy, go. That ain't me. That's not getting how I steamy play. in here. Jesus, <laughs> I don't mind it though. I like the. Uh, I think LSU, wavering LSU's off like, of the normals. I think it's so easy just to say, "Oh, it's Alabama and Georgia again." Yeah, I, I think. Massive we, turnover. Go ahead, Jacob. 
No, I th- I I completely agree on LSU. I think they're like the dark horse to win it all. I think honest. they're going to be good, dude. I, I do too, and I think good. Alabama misses playoffs. I can yes. still see Georgia getting in there, but like LSU Bama. is pretty loaded, and they didn't lose a ton. Bama so has my, too many quarterback questions. Yeah, my question, I will say, Jacob, which was hard for me on the 14th, will a second SEC team go over USC? Now, USC to get that spot would only ha- would they would have to only lose one game and they have to win the Pac-12 championship game. If they go 13 and 1, it's going to be very hard to keep Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams and that USC team out of the playoffs. And, and the chances of two SEC teams with only one loss I just I think you'd have a two loss SEC, so that's why I gave it to the Trojans. So like you it. have you have you have a big. I'm trying to remember the defensive guy who went from Georgia, signed there. They seem to be loading up on transfer portal guys on the defense. But what about what about the wide receivers in that room compared to last year? Do you feel like they are the same, better, or worse than last year? So this is this is the age old question: Does Georgia want to throw the ball? I don't think they want to. They don't want to. They want to run and play defense. And you I mean US, USC. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Um, USC. It doesn't matter. They're loaded, dude. They're going to have three or four guys with 800 yards. Lincoln Riley spreads the ball around. He's going to get them all in the game. I think there there's just too much. And I'm a, I'm getting a lot of Brendan Rice. I think Brendan Rice is better than people giving him credit for. I don't know if he's an NFL receiver, but I think he's a nice college number three receiver. And that offense might put up 44, 46 touchdowns in the air this year. I, I, I like, I want a piece of it. And Brendan Rice is the piece that I'm getting at. I think a very nice value. I like him a lot, but I mean, Riley, Riley has to prove he can win it. Right. He has to do it. He's in a similar boat to Brian Kelly. They they both have been around. They both got these systems. They got the way they want to play football. He just couldn't get over the hump at Notre Dame. They just don't have that elite athlete at every position. LSU, he does. right? You know he's got elite athletes everywhere on the field. And USC Lincoln Riley's just got too much offensive talent. I think he's got more than some of those teams at Oklahoma, and I can't believe I'm saying that. But I think USC's loaded on offense. Yeah, because I mean, even last year when Jordan Addison went over there, it's like this is a yeah. future first round NFL pick. He's a great receiver, but at the same time, they spread the ball around. They like he didn't have so much, he did not have a huge market share of like receiving yards. No, he hurt me on my team. I mean, he was okay. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. You're, you're you're expecting like you know 1,400 oh. yards. Oh, yeah, of course. And I remember, you know, it's funny. I was actually kind of, hey, he's out this week. I can find a guy on my bench who might be back. Because you couldn't bench him, right? You couldn't bench Jordan Addison. But he was good, six catches, 80 yards, and touchdown. But I wanted the Pittsburgh wide receiver, right? 11 catches, two touchdowns, 140 yards. Like, I wasn't getting that. So I feel pretty confident that, like, that Michigan or Ohio State, like that Whoever team, would, wins that, most would get would get into there, and yeah. then an SEC school. But let's say two SEC teams make it in, and you're down to an ACC school, presumably Clemson or Florida State. I would think one of those two. 
And then you've got the USC, Washington, Utah. Like one of those, who wins that battle, do you think, for that one last playoff spot? Well, if they're all equal, let's say they all have two losses somehow. Yep. Yeah. It's the SEC team. Like everything equal, two losses USC, two losses Utah, two losses, losses Washington, two losses Florida State, two losses Clemson. They will give it to the two loss SEC team. So yeah, I'm just I'm just curious. Like I think Washington is one of those dark horses. Assuming again, Penix stays healthy for a second year in a row. They've got the wide receivers. They always seem to have NFL defensive backs. Yes, they do. They're and, good at the defensive back side. They they get they get players drafted every year, usually in the secondary. And then you got Utah, who's typically better on defense than they are on offense, except for the last couple, two, three years. Their offense yeah. has kind of been a little bit better. So I, I think I th- I'm I'm excited for the parody this year because I don't think Alabama's Alabama. We talked about this last week, I believe. John, I'll ask you, what makes Nick Saban retire? What's what makes Nick Saban retire more? Losing, like not making the playoffs or winning another national championship winning another championship okay i think if he wins what would that be his seventh would that be his seventh one or seventh or he had one at, he had one at lsu and he's got at least four at alabama if not five so if he, i mean isn't that the perfect way to go on the magic carpet ride if you're isn't he in his 70s now yeah Right, take 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 the national championship and just walk off the road. But if they don't Saban's make the playoffs, got seven currently, so he'll be. Oh, it would be his eight. So yeah, if, they, if he doesn't make the playoffs for a second year in a row, I'm kind of curious, like if those rumors start coming up of like you know, because Kirby Smart's kind of you know taking that. I I don't think Alabama gets rid of him. They, I mean, it'd be so well. Hard. Not that they get rid of him, but maybe he's like, you know what. Oh, he step aside. I see. maybe I'm I'm done. I you see. I think he's such the competitor. He want like Belichick. Belichick doesn't want to leave like this. I think Saban's the same way. I could be wrong, but that's what I think. So, who is your national champion? I'm going to give it to Brian Kelly and the LSU Tigers. LSU Tigers. I just think Go Tigers. You know what? Go Tigers. I think for the first time, Kelly's underrated as a defensive coach. He gets the offensive credit, but those Notre Dame defenses, they play good football. Maybe they don't have a lot of NFL prospects. They're not Alabama, Georgia, right? They have good players, but he didn't have five-star prospects all over the field. And their defense always played competitive until they met SEC teams. I think think they're they're just too good on defense, LSU. I think they're going to hurt some people. And I'm going to tie this question. My Heisman, I'm always looking for value. I am not going Caleb Williams. Forget about it. If anyone tells you Caleb Williams, don't listen. If you want to throw your money away, go ahead. You're not getting your return on it. Bo Nix at Oregon or Jaden Daniels, they're plus 1600 I put 10 bucks on each one. Just go get it. Ooh. You get a nice – look, if I'm not getting over 1100 return. Why am I giving anyone money for seven months? Yeah. I mean, like, if I want 
I want to have a nice Christmas. I want that money to roll in. You know, I got $1,600. I got something really nice. I'm not going for give me plus 200 or something. That's absurd. So if Bo Nix could beat USC and Washington, not out of the realm of possibility, he might be in it. And I love Jaden Daniels. I don't understand why people are, but I seem to think the train is picking up for Jaden Daniels. Because if you like LSU, you've got to like Jaden Daniels. LSU At least in my book. LSU is also plus sixteen hundred right now to win the national championship. Dude, it's, man, I would. I wonder if you could parlay LSU and Jaden Daniels. You could probably get like plus four thousand in that parlay. I like me some parlays. We might be going on a trip for Christmas. I mean, <laughs> look, I mean, they're they're totally correlated. Right, I mean, if you're, yep. you're not going to get one and miss on the other. Well, I guess, I guess Daniels could lose it, and LSU loses in the playoff. But if I get the, if I get LSU in the playoffs and Daniels wins Heisman, I'm all right at that point to go for it. You know. Yep. I like it. I like it. So you talked a little bit about summa cum laude, but let's talk also about the King's Classic. What is it? And you know. I guess, yeah, what is it? And summa cum laude, let's talk about both of those. All right, so first is the summa cum laude mock draft. And I remember I said there was no mock drafts. So this is my 10th anniversary of hosting the summa cum laude mock draft. And I did it in early um, June because school's, school's over. So I have a little more time and I put it together. I get 12 experts in the industry, 11, I'm, I'm the 12th. Get 11 other people who I respect and I, I know on Twitter who put together player rankings that, you know, or do DFS. They do a lot of college fantasy football and we have a mock draft. So I, I now there are other mock drafts at this time, but I did 10 years ago. I think I might have been the only mock draft out there with oh, there. Now, there were a couple people who did a one man, a one man mock draft. You know what I mean? And I don't consider the one-man mock draft to be very good. I think you need other perspectives and people to, to, to find value. So this is the 10th year doing it, seventh year on fan tracks. Absolutely love it. It's coming out. So we're drafting next Tuesday, June 6th. I give the writers 48 hours to get their sleepers and their strategy to me. Hopefully by the following weekend, Saturday morning, it will be up. And that is for kind of the Fantrax readership to get an idea of where there's value, where you have to draft people, you know, just and a newbie who wants, you know, I, I think at least I look back when I started fantasy sports, I wanted mock drafts, you know, like I needed to know where play, people were being drafted. What, what round should I target this player? So I'm real excited for the 10th year to have this published, you know, seventh year on Fantrax. 10th year hosting it. And you know what? I now have people asking me to be in the mock draft. When I started this, I had to beg people. Like I was <laughs> desperate to beg people, please, I need your help. Like we need a mock draft. So it's very exciting to see the growth of this industry of where people are in this and more people are doing college rankings. So that's really incredible to me. And the Kings Classic, I've been lucky enough. I know Bob Lung. I don't know if you know the consistency guide. Um, Bob Lung and I have been friends, I don't know, four or five years now. I, I went on his podcast a bunch of times. And I said, hey, Bob, 
I want and I wanted to do this before COVID, but we got canceled, you know, with the COVID. I said, Bob, I really want to do a CFF draft live from the Kings from Kings Classic X Fantasy Football Expo. I said, I know you have NFL draft, and he does a bunch of them. I think he does, you know, he does uh 10 teams, PPR non-standard, right? The 14 team, the the auction drafts. <clears throat> I said, Bob. Will you let me and people I know go out to Canton, Ohio, and can we have a draft of college fantasy football live on August 12th? The last two years, I've gone out with my family. It's our vacation. We go out to Canton, Ohio. We mock draft. We draft live. We actually, oh, um, we give out a championship. Do you belt. have a belt? Do you have a belt oh, yeah. here? Well, oh, yeah. I have pictures on my Twitter page. Um, Shane Hallam won it last year from NFL Draft Countdown. And Justin Heisley from CFF Insiders won it year one. And I'll tell you this, I'm, I don't say much. Last year, I was the highest scoring team. I was 10-2, and two, the number one seed. And Shane Hallam beat me in the opening round of the playoffs by like five points. I don't think I've ever been so disappointed. Like, oh, you're so close. Which haste the finish line. Which player from that game were you most disappointed in on your team, or like, how did that guy? I think that it might have been Jordan Addison, if if my memory serves me. But I do think it was um, Brent Keithy. No, no, Jordan. No, the uh, yeah, Keithy was the tight end. No, he, he was, was hurt. He was hurt at that time. What? He was. Keithy got hurt, so that would have been. Uh, Who's the Bills tight Kincaid. end? Kincaid. Kincaid. He had Kincaid, and Utah kicked off late. I think Kincaid might have had two or three touchdowns that night. Uh, and I was just, oh, my God, I was so mad. Uh, I just so I just didn't get what I needed at that point. And I think I had Penix. My, if my memory serves me, I had Penix on that team. And I think I had Penix and Hooker, and Hooker was injured. Remember, he got injured the week before, I think. So Hooker, I, I didn't have him. Penix had a good game, but not a great game. And I forget who my other quarterback I played, but yeah. One but game. It was, great, it was so much fun. One game I will not forget. I was playing Tweet, and I had Caleb Williams and DTR in the mm-hmm. game that they're playing against each other. Yeah. And it was just. They went off. It was like firework. 45, 42 or something. Well, it's like, I see, you know, he's had his quarterbacks go. We play with three quarterbacks. And, you know, I've seen his team go, and I'm like, oh, that's a big number to get. And then they just. Yeah, like Will Rogers put up 52. Penix put up like 46 that week. Like, I was stacked. And then you had those two guys go, and you just beat me. Okay. I remember how I got in the playoffs, too. Remember the SM um, – the Oh, the Houston? Clayton Toon. Yes. Who did he play against that game? Um, oh, my God. Who did he play against in that game? Mordecai. Mordecai. I had Clayton Toon. My opponent had Mordecai. I've never seen anything. It was off the hook. Like, it was – like, I was like, I thought I won easily. Because I'm watching Clayton, too, because I have so many teams, you don't always remember who your opponents have, right? 
I'm like, I, I think I'm out with my wife or the family, and I'm on my cell phone. I'm like, oh, my God, Clayton Toon's going off. I'm so happy. And then I got home, and I'm looking like, this guy's got more to die. <laughs> and I won that game, like, by three points to get in the playoffs. Maybe that was – maybe that was – I had Clayton Toon and Michael Penix. I think we're in the semifinal game. But Toon, after that performance, he was good, but he, he wasn't off the hook like that. But yeah, so basically we're there to grow the game. That's why we go out there. We give out. I buy the belt and trophy smack. Whoever wins the King's Classic, I send the belt to him in the mail right around the holidays. Jacob, you've got some good quarterback stories. Do you want to share yours? Um, two years ago, I caught the Malik Cunningham 70-point game. Ooh, I lost that. Two people beat me. <laughs> I got, I got that one dropped on me. And then last year, I caught uh, Jaden Delora's 60-point game. Oh, that was a good game. <laughs> and that one kind of came out of nowhere because at least Malik Cunningham was, like, putting up big points all year, and then Delora was putting up, like, 22, and then all of a sudden he just has, like, 64. Delora <laughs> was sneaky good last year. I yeah. don't think people realize how good he was. But yeah, he was pretty consistent, too, but was, I, was, was I was not expecting 64 points. No, 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 but he was, like, 25 <laughs> to 32 yep. points, like, every week. All right, so – I've provided you uh, with some players that are available in our supplemental draft. We do 15 rounds. Who are a couple guys that uh, we need to pick up? And I, I, I want to know first the name and then where you would take them in a college like redraft so we can kind of get an idea of like how important they are for a year and then in C2C leagues, you know, where would you take this person in a supplemental draft? So the first thing that popped up right away is Alex Adams of Akron playing in the MAC. Akron is not uh, – they're not a great defense. They're playing um, offenses that don't have very good – or defenses that don't have very good players. I believe Alex Adams is a power five transfer. I think he's from the SEC, but I could be wrong goes to Akron, and I like that. I think he had over a 1,000 yards last year or close to it. I got him early in this draft season in best ball leagues, like in double-digit rounds, and I went on Jared Pulgram's um, podcast, and I said I love Alex Adams. So he has moved up. I think he's like a seventh or eighth-round pick right now, but I just think he he's big. He's bigger than you think. I think he's like 6'1", 200 pounds. So when you get a player with that type of, of um, uh, 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 scout, scouting report from high school and then they move down to the group of five level, they tend to dominate or do very well. So I like him a ton. And in a C2C, he has an outside NFL chance, so I'm not going to go too high on him. But if I do need a receiver in a supplemental draft, I would love to get him in the second round. So Alex Adams – Went to LSU. That's it. I knew he. I knew he had a pedigree. And then he transferred in 2022 to Akron. Yeah. And as a incoming freshman, he was six listed as six one one seventy five. Oh, but he's bigger now than one seventy five. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll look up here. No, no. He, I mean, he's. I am also bigger than one seventy five. <laughs> I'm definitely bigger than 175. He's, he's, he's listed as 6'1", 185 now. There you go. But, that, I mean, that's NFL size now. And and obviously the LSU locker room is very, very hard to get in on. Um, the second player, LaQuint Allen of Syracuse. Yep. 
we've talked about systems. We know Dino Babers got, wants to run the football. He's a little bit old school. He's going to have one back. He's not going to rotate them. He throws the football to his backs. Allen's, I think he had 11 catches in the bowl game. Some crazy, yep. some crazy number like that. I think he's bigger. My memory serves me. He's over the 200-pound threshold, so he's bigger than people think he is. I I was getting a lot of LaQuint Adams back in March. Allen, I mean, I'm all in on him. I think he's very good. Obviously, we've been talking about systems. Babers is going to throw the football. Now, he might be Captain Garrett Trader, who's just a goal line monster. He takes away some of those goal line carries. But Sean Tucker was very good at Syracuse with Garrett Schrader, so I'm not too worried about that at all. I'm not ready to put LaQuint Allen as a NFL high-level Debbie. I think I have him ranked outside my top 28 right now. It's probably in that, like, 29 to 32 Debbie. He has to show me he can do it over a long period of time. But I would take him as a first-round supplemental draft pick without question. Wow. All right. And it's, then, also ni- it's also nice because he's, like, taken over for, obviously, Sean Tucker. But we got to see him in action last year. Yes. He was good. He was good. So. Yes, I, I completely agree with you on that one. And then where did you say say you would take Alex Adams? You said you'd take him early, but where? Second round, I would prefer. Okay. I think that's about right. Unless you're desperate at wide If you need instant impact, you could take him. Now, this one might shock you. I'm, I'm going to go to the same school. I can't believe it. But Aronde Gadsden is now a tight end wide receiver. I'm sorry. He's a first-round pick in a supplemental draft. You That flexibility of having tight end wide receiver ability, I can make the argument he's a top five pick right now because that gives you such an advantage because he's going to get fed the full. I like him at just receiver. Yep. Now that he's a tight end receiver, forget about it. Like he's a top five supplemental pick. What did we talk about? We did because we did the who am I and and we did Gatson. He was of receiving yards. He was like thirty seventh, forty third, something for like wide that. Receivers, right? For wide receivers or for receiving yards? Yeah, in the nation, and you're going to get that in your tight end spot. And he's going to be the guy. He's the guy at the depth chart. Yeah, I love him there. And I think he's, believe it or not, I think he's got outside NFL upside. I do too. He has NFL size. Now, his dad was slow. I'm I'm so old. I remember a Rondé Ganston with the Dolphins. And I think he came from the Arena Football League. And the question back then was, does he have the burst and the athleticism? And he was never a big, twitchy athlete. I think his son is actually more twitchy and more athletic than his dad was. But Gaston won with smarts, route running. He did play with Marino. That obviously helped. But he had big size, and he used his body. I mean, I think Gaston has a shot. Do you, So this, again, was in our uh, guessing the player of who am I. But did you know who Gadsden credited learning how to play wide receiver from? Is O.J. McDuffie? No. No, I don't know then. It was – was it Dion? Was that who it was? Deion, Sanders, Deion Sanders? Yes. Oh, oh. Was he was he or no, it was Michael Irving. It was Michael Irving. Oh, Michael Irving. Yeah, it was Michael Irving. Which is, was there in the Cowboys. Place, 
Yeah, that was the night. 96, 96. Yep, his dad. Oh, he might have been in the locker room or around Michael Irvin somehow with his dad. Because he he made the roster for it was like the division game or or the wild card in '96. Gotcha. Yeah. So that was. But yeah, we like those. That was a big call out when he got that. Because last year he was just a wide receiver, and then I think this year he got that tight end. Because even though he only played like eleven percent of the snaps at inline tight end. The fan tracks goes by what the school has them listed as, and he is listed as a tight end there. Which isn't, you know, I know people were floating on Twitter. How do you decide? Look, it, I mean, fan tracks is going by what the university says. I know the coaching staff does it for obvious different reasons. I don't think that's unfair by fan tracks. Like, there's thousands of players in college football, right? So if the university's telling me he's tight end, wide receiver, I mean, it seems a, a decent way to do it. Yeah, they might get one or two players wrong at the end of the day, but well, I think it's fair. And it's the same with the NFL. Like, what are you going to do? Take Kyle Pitts and make him a wide receiver then? Yeah, yeah. Are you, right. you going to do that with Darren Waller too? Yeah, and yeah. Then, then there's only one draftable tight end. On the NFL <laughs> <side>. <laughs> you, you hear that, Froton? You yeah. hear that? John's well, coming at you. <laughs> I know Eric likes it. Yeah, I, I mean, I just like I understand from like a corporate try just trying to do business wise. I get it. Logistics, yeah. yeah, it's it's easy. All right, so we're new to C two C. This is going to be our third year, but this and so our initial draft was the DJU Spencer wow. Rattler going in the first rounds. Yeah. But this freshman class of QBs seems to be different than others. You've been playing fantasy football on the college side for a long time. Is this like the pinnacle of quarterbacks that we've seen? Like, how should we value these quarterbacks compared to previous years that you've seen? So I'm very conservative at the quarterback position. I'm a, I don't believe it till I see it. And when I was doing Debbie drafts years ago, I don't have any DJU and I don't have any Spencer Rattler. Did I think they would collapse? No, I did not. I can't tell you I was a genius. I just said there's too much risk. That's just my pick on the quarterback position, that you and you are taking so much risk of a quarterback to make it. Because I've seen so many five-star recruits fail at the quarterback position in college. I'd rather just dip into the second or third round. That's just me. That's just how I play Debbie. Give me that running back. Give me that wide receiver. I'll go there. I'll figure out my quarterback later. So, and and I had DJU and Rattler like in my top 12. I never would have taken them one or two in a in a Debbie league. I just there was too much there. I and maybe I feel like I'm kind of being weird right now. <laughs> I like Arch Manning. I'm sorry. Hey! Get over I get it. Like, I know people just don't want there to be another Manning. I get it, okay? Man, the kid's good. He's good. And, and Colin's better than Quinn. A lot of Stop it, Tweet. He's not better than Quinn. Oh, <laughs> not yet. Now, I would not – unless Texas collapses, I'm not playing Arch. 
Yes. That's our running joke on, on the yeah. podcast. I am a the Quinn, and they they just go to the other side. Whatever Luke <laughs> says, we'll say the opposite. I just don't see how – I like – now, I like um, Arch a ton. Now, do I like any Lincoln-Riley quarterback? Of course I do. Come on, just stop it. But I'll say this. Riley was wrong about Rattler. And before that, he always got transfer transfer portal quarterbacks. So I'm not 100% convinced that Riley's nailed the next high school stud. Then the problem at Tennessee with Nico, is it the system or is it the quarterback? It's Malachi Nelson. He's the guy at um, USC, right? Yep. Yep. (laughs) And Nico, I cannot pronounce his name. I don't want to butcher it. He went to Tennessee. (laughs) But if you're giving me in a Debbie league, and I'm talking four years from now, let's say three, I'm looking at system, coaching staff, scouting reports, high school production, Arch wins them all. Dante Moore. Oh. Oh, I like Dante Moore, but when's Brian Kelly quarterbacks going to the pro? Marcus Mariota. And look at what's happened with Marcus. Marcus, he was before his time. He was before his time. I do think if Marcus is coming out now, he might have a better opportunity. I, I, I can't disagree with that. But Kelly hasn't had a ton of success with the quarterback position. So I just – I think if you really – get throw out your, oh, I'm tired of Archie and Peyton and me. Throw that out for a second. The kid can play football. And you know he's got the mindset to play football. He just grew up as a football family. What also so, is surprising is, like, he was actually a very good rusher in high school. So, like, he's actually he's giving the most you that he might be the most athletic of all his uncles. I mean, now he's got his yeah. grandfather because Archie was very good. Archie was, yeah. Yeah, so he got somehow he got the athletic gene of his grandfather in there. We were, we were at some point talking about the Mannings, and Jacob had to put a YouTube highlight video of Archie in the, in, this, in the chat. He has some absolutely insane highlights. No, he, he go back to his Mississippi days. Like, yeah. there's some highlights of Archie where you're like, oh, my God, he was Fran Tarkenton, and he was 20 years, 30 years ahead of his time. Like, well, even, he, even, with the, out, even with the Saints, like, he had nothing around him. And so he, he was like Bo Jackson in Tecmo Bowl. Yes. And if he came up with an offense that knew how to use him, he might have really been special. So the Saints were a train wreck back in the day. <laughs> yeah. They were terrible back then. So, I guess from a C2C standpoint, John, when you're looking at – you're getting college production and then maybe that Debbie upside. Yeah, Hopefully, yeah. which quarterback would be your number one number – let's just rank those five. You got your Manning, you've got your Nelson, you've got your Moore, and Nico. I'm going to go Manning, Nico, um, uh, the USC, Riley's, um, Nelson. Nelson. Then more. Gotcha. So, again. Because I'm thinking about NFL, too. That's why I put more at the bottom. So, going, like, looking historically, how many, like, top – I feel like this is a lot of top-profile quarterbacks coming – 
in. Now maybe they don't all hit. Probably odds are that they're not. But I just I don't know. I haven't been doing this for very long, and it seems like this is the talk of the town. Is this normal? Like to have this? No, I think I will say this. It seems like to have this level four quarterbacks this early as freshmen walking right into college, into big programs. I don't remember a quintet of this level of prospect. I mean, I don't, you know, I, geez, I go back to Vin Verde, but I don't, there was no four quarterbacks back in the day like that. I don't remember, even with Matt Miner and Vince Young, like I don't remember four guys like this. All right. So what is one piece of advice for us to get better, us here, us listening? How can we get better at CFF? Because while C2C is about the NFL and college, some of it's just, you know, playing the college side and, you know, getting those Mac guys or whatever it happens to be. What is the best piece of advice you have for us learning this college side? Do not be afraid of the group of five programs. Learn them. There's college fantasy talent. I had Tajay Spears on all my teams last year. I had him in my sleepers column. Love Tajay Spears last year. Michael Pratt, I have him as a Debbie quarterback. I still think he's got an outside chance as an NFL quarterback. There are receivers who are going to have 100 catches for over 1,000 yards at the group of five level. There is so much production at the group of five level. And I've grown. I love those games. I'm a big, I mean, I love Thursday night when I got SMU Tulane or I have Houston versus SMU. Like, I love sitting down and watching that stuff. Yeah, I guess. Obviously, I want to see Ohio State, Michigan. Don't get me wrong. But man, there's a lot of fun in a 45 to 40 shootout on a Thursday night when you're watching two group of five teams. And I think so many people, oh, it's too many teams. It's too hard. It's not. Get a magazine, learn the Mac, learn Conference USA, learn the Sun Belt. It's not that hard. If You, it, you can do it. So that, that we did our manager series, and one of our managers is just like, you know, the Mac's where it's at. That's where it's at. He's finished second in the last couple of years, but – I swear somebody could put a Maction team together and potentially win. Because all, all you have to do is get to the playoffs. Like, sure, yeah. if you just have your Mac team and they lose the first four weeks. Yeah, whatever. But then you the rest. You're scoring points like it's nobody's business. You could win with a Mac team. I'm not oh, going to yeah. lie. I'm not going to lie, though. I was disappointed in the Mac last year. It had a down year. There was a down year for the Mac. I agree with that. All right. Let's get you out here with a CFF hot take. I've been waiting all day. I told Luke in the DM, I got a hot take because I take these no pun intended seriously. I'm not just coming on. Here it is. Kansas wins the Big 12, baby. Oh, God. The best team in the Big 12. Let me tell you why. I'm a big believer in Lance Leopold. I believe in his run game. I believe Man, in his beer. defense. And they're a smart football team. 
I like their coach. I like if the quarterback stays healthy, Daniels, and it's not the Daniels at LSU. They have their own Daniels. Yeah, it's everyone. hard to keep him yes. straight. Yeah. He's unbelievable when he's healthy. Yeah. Unbelievable. I love Devin Neal. They also have a second back who was injured, and he's going to come back. They're going to run the football with that quarterback and those and those runners. And who's the backup quarterback who's been around forever? He came in for Bean, Jason wow. Bean. Oh, Jason yeah. Bean. Hey, he's the perfect backup at the college football level. He, he is one of the best athletes in college he football. And he put up fantasy points. He was great at times. Yeah. So they have the pieces in place. And then I started doing research. They have 10 starters coming back on offense. They lost no pieces on offense. They average, I don't think people know this, <clears throat> they average 35.6 points per game, 438.6 yards per game. The Jayhawks, this is the big game in order for the win, and I'm going to say it right here. They're going into Texas, and they're upsetting the Longhorns on September 30th. That game I can't wait to see. That Both. was that was something two years ago or whatever. Yes. It was. Oh. oh, if they win that game, then the schedule is easy. They're two big games. Oklahoma, Kansas State are both home. They're both home. If you're going to play your in-state rival, you want it to be home. And if you're Oklahoma, they're not Oklahoma that we know. I think – Kansas is winning the Big Twelve. I think they so they were on the road. I'm an Iowa State fan, so I pay attention to the Big Twelve. They were they were on their way last year. I mean, Daniels doesn't get injured. They they had a chance for sure. So I don't think you're out of bounds here. No, and TCU is down. Yep. Oklahoma's down. Cincinnati, SMU, Houston. I don't think they're they're not ready. For this challenge week in and week out. Oklahoma State, I don't even know who the heck the quarterback is at Oklahoma State right now. Yep. Right? I mean, the, the only challenge is obviously Texas. But we know Texas loses in some of these big games. Yep. This is the year for Kansas. Which Kansas's head coach is from what last school? Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah. All comes back. Yeah. All comes back to the Mac. Yeah, it comes back to the Mac. (laughs) That's the name of the podcast. It all comes back to the Mac. (laughs) Sounds great. Let's do it. (laughs) He's writing that down. Writing it down. Kansas was on their roll last year, and Jalen Daniels was just sitting on our waivers. I'm like, is somebody going to pick this guy up? Because he's putting up, like, video game numbers every week right now. In the Big 12. And if you remember Leopold's teams at Buffalo, they play good defense. They were they can smack you in the mouth, and they're going to smack some. Now Iowa State could be a problem, but I don't know if Hunter Deckers can win a big game. That's a whole sure can. <laughs> so I think if you really start looking at the way their schedule and just the the conference unfolds, this is a year Kansas could surprise some people. Now the Kansas State, obviously, I'm happy they're playing them at home. But that's going to be a problem. But they don't have the quarterback. I mean, I guess Will Howard. I don't know if he's as good as A.J. Martin. But that's a big game. It's an in-state rival. But I like Kansas. 
All right. I have asked our, my co-host to also come with a hot take. We usually do an episode that's a hot take episode. So, Tweet, let's hear your hot take. Well, Arch is taking over for yours. Oh, wait. I say that every week. <laughs> um, my hot take in college football this year... I'm going – I'm just going to go way crazy. I'm going Braylon Allen wins the Heisman. Whoa. New nice. offense, you know. I didn't even look at the numbers. I bet you he's got a – I bet you might have a 4,000 odds. Probably. They probably wouldn't put a put a running back with a very I good odds. new offense is fine, but I think they're going to use him still like a workhorse. So, Oh, I, I do agree with that. They're going to use him. I – I, that's where I. That was my biggest hot take that I had. Besides, are just taking over for yours, which I say like is I. Big, well, that's a bigger hot take. <laughs> Jacob, what is your hot take? So my hot take is your 2023 John Mackey Award winner is going to be Tanner McLaughlin out of Arizona. I gotta go look him up. Let's go. <laughs> gotta look him up. But no, he had a good uh, receiving like market share last year. He's going into his fifth year, so he's obviously experienced. And I just think I can see well, it happening. And you were right. You know, hey, Jaden Delora is going to throw the he's good quarterback. So yeah, that's a good call. I like that one. What's yours, Luke? My hot take fantasy football related. Jack Plummer is going to finish as a top 15 quarterback. I'm going to have to look him up, too. Is that Jake Plummer's kid? <laughs> it's not, but that's a good one. I like that. So I got to look up some stats. Give me give me a quick second. So this is, you know, college football is all about systems. You got a brand new system coming over to Louisville. Um so give me a quick second. So you got Jeff Brom comes over at head coach. He's coached the last head coach nine seasons. I threw out 2020 because Big Ten only played a couple games. Kind of hard to figure out what the whole season was going to be. So in his eight seasons, his court his starting quarterback averages 4,113 yards passing. 34 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. In our league, that is good for 29.8 points a game. So we kind of talked, I don't know, during the year, if your quarterback can hit like 32 points, your team's going to be pretty much like unbeatable. You could have a kind of a garbage rest of your team. If your quarterback, if you've got three of them scoring 32 points, like that's going to be hard to beat. So I, I think Jack Plummer – who used to play for Jeff Brom at Purdue before he transferred over to Cal, knows the system. He's going to be the guy. You've got Brady Allen transfers over there, um, recruit of his. Maybe now the leash is shorter. So if there might be a split season, I don't know. But I can see Jack Plummer having a top 15 quarterback season this year and uh i looked here and john has jack plumber as quarterback 62 <laughs> so i felt like that was hot enough 
That is hot. No, no, I love it. I was trying to think in my mind where I had him. I couldn't find so him. You, t- you didn't take him in the first round? Supplemental? I mean, you probably don't have to. <laughs> But well, no. is, I mean, you uh, could. If but, you really this, but this is so. This is kind he of. You didn't have to take NC State's quarterback in the first round last year either, but he did. Yeah, I took Devin Leary at 109 in the in the supplemental draft last year. That did not, shots fired. Did not pan out. So, c- talking about the supplemental, this is kind of what John's talking about. Do you take a Malachi Nelson, a Nico? Here in the first, or do you take your Cedric Baxter, Jonte Cook types? Oh, Baxter and Cook in my book, and and then you get a Jack Plummer in your second, third, round. third fourth, fifth round. Yes, or a Riley Leonard in the second. I love Riley Leonard. Me too. <laughs> I like Riley Leonard a lot this year. So I. Uh, I think this gives people a lot of different options to think about. If you're quarterback needy, you know, maybe trade up, maybe get get your guy, whatever. But there's just so many college teams that you can find, like John, you can find sleepers. You can find sleepers all over. You've got you've got Darren Granger in our our league. He's a mobile quarterback. He's going to probably score once it gets into conference games, he's going to probably score like 26 points a game. Something like that. Which uh, is very serviceable. So, that's all we have for you guys tonight. John, what do you got going on? Uh, things that you're writing. You, saw, you said you got a mock draft coming up. You know, where can we find you? What are you doing? Sure. Um, I'm on right there. Oh, you're not on the screen. It is GridironSkull91 at Twitter. Please follow me there. Um, After the mock draft, I start my position profiles. You know, the quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, they'll all be available in fan tracks. I come out with one position profile each week, followed by the sleepers is the last one. So that's coming out. And I'm doing a new um, fundraiser this year. Last year we had – Sixteen hundred dollars, the King's Classic for St. Jude's Research Hospital, and this year we're still collecting for for the CFF King's Classic. But I'm also hosting best ball leagues for CFF, and it'll be live drafts, only five bucks. Half the pot goes to the winner, and the other half of the pot goes to St. Jude's. And I'm going to do one a week on fan tracks. Just once, I, I should start in about a week or two. And you just go to Fantrax and you'll find my CFF Best Ball Leagues here if you want to join in. Help a good cause. Hopefully we're going to last year with $1,600 and some change, I forget. Hopefully, I'm hoping for $2,500 this year to St. Jude's. Nice. Well, that does it for us tonight. Join us next week when we have another special guest. Eric Froton will be joining us next week to talk about, you know, some some of the same topics, and I'm sure I will talk about Gadsden and his title <laughs> eligibility. Fleeson, 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 Fleeson. Yeah, and how, and how I can fleece the next manager in one of these drafts, trades, whatever it is, because that's all I know. I'm sitting here. You guys can't see this on this audio medium. I know it's like 93 degrees out. 
but I have the biggest fleece jacket on right now, made up of all of my trades from over the years, and they're made thanks to you guys in the league, and I appreciate it. So that does it for us tonight. Don't forget to start your studs, and Jacob, don't hate the player, hate the game, and I'm Triple H. Rar. Good night. See ya.